The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. We'll begin the evening with our meditation. Um, but first, you might want to just check in for a moment as you start the meditation with what your intention is for this practice, your intention for this meditation. Just giving yourself a couple of moments to recognize that to begin with. Just taking in whatever comes to mind as your intention for the evening and what you know about your intention for the practice as a whole. And then allowing yourself to notice how that registered in the body, heart, and mind. Just checking in with with how you are in this moment. Noticing any ways in which it supports you to bring your motivation or purpose to mind. And also noticing, excuse me, any tension, any preoccupation or Tightness that relates to the events of the day or events in life right now. Nothing needs to be left out of the practice that we do. Any attitude that is present towards your practice, towards yourself, towards your meditation, any relationship with your practice or yourself deserves your recognition as well. And if you discover any preoccupation or tension that's affecting 
the mind, the heart, the body. Just sending it wishes of friendliness or kindness. Perhaps silently saying supportive phrases to yourself. May this body, heart, and mind be well. May this mind, heart, and body feel safe. May I be happy. May I live with ease and peace. And if there's a particular challenge or set of challenges that you're facing currently, sending that challenge a wholesome intention that you come up with yourself. An example might be, may this preoccupation release. May I let go into a peaceful state of mind. May I meet my challenges with ease. Challenges might, excuse me, might be yours, or they might be shared with others. They might be about other people in which case it can be supportive to extend your kind wishes to the other person or people. May you be healthy and well. May you be safe, free from inner and outer harm. May you be content and happy. May you live with ease and peace. And these kinds of wishes for your challenges, for yourself, for others, are not demands. They are not agendas. It's a simple 
process of inclining your mind and heart towards goodwill. And if what's surfacing for you feels happy or there's some presence of joy, of peace, of ease in this moment, appreciating that, allowing yourself to fully experience that when it's here. May this happiness continue. And continuing in silence, extending wishes of well-being, appreciative joy for feelings that arise that are helpful. At your own pace, greeting whatever arises, no preference for what's pleasant over what's unpleasant. No preference for anything, simply receiving and meeting with some goodwill and appreciation.
if the mind drifts away from the practice, simply notice when awareness has returned and recenter your intentions, your goodwill on any challenge that you're facing or another person who could benefit from more goodwill in their life.
And as we come to the last couple of minutes of the meditation, you might extend some appreciation for the ways in which you are growing, learning from the benefits of doing this practice and taking a couple of moments to feel those and extend the wish. May this happiness, may this growth continue. So there's this um, beautiful and well-loved quote from the beginning of the Dhammapada, which is a collection of sayings of the Buddha in verse form. And I particularly like uh, the translation Gil Fronstall did. As I looked around at other translations, I appreciated how this one flows. All experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a corrupted mind and suffering follows as the wagon wheel follows the hoof of the ox. All experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a peaceful mind and happiness follows like a never departing shadow. So it's really powerful to realize the truth of what this little quote is saying, that what we think has such an impact on the way we experience life. And knowing that can actually be quite empowering because once we tune into the fact that the more frequently we think something, the more likely it is to shape consequences beginning with consequences in our own minds, hearts, and bodies, uh, and through that in our lives. And so that knowledge can empower your practice of loving kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity 
to have a positive effect on your heart, mind, and body and roll into your life. And and that's what we're doing here. So behind every one of these phrases we say um, that you could think of them as thoughts, they are thoughts, but behind every one of them is a conscious or can be a conscious intention. We're either ruled, our thoughts are ruled by conscious or unconscious intentions. And intentions arise from our purposes in life. You know, I, I invited you to start the practice tonight with recognize what your purpose or motivation was for the practice in your life or for this evening's meditation. So our motivations um, are one way that intention arises. And the other way, another way is from the momentum or kind of sense of direction we've got going in our lives from conditioning. Um, you may not have reflected on this before, but we know this really well from experience. For example, even if you rebelled against brushing your teeth when you were a little kid, once it became a daily habit, you no longer really have to think about it to make it happen. It just becomes a bit automated in your life. Um, there's this saying that neurons in the brain that fire together, wire together, And that means that, for example, if somebody develops a habit of meditating or exercising or of having a cup of coffee first thing every morning, after a while, whatever that is becomes an automatic behavior. So it almost may seem like you don't actually think about it anymore. If you've done it for long enough, you just do it first thing in the morning. I've watched this. People get up, they fix their cup of coffee. People get up, they meditate. People get up, they exercise. So, or they get up, they take a shower and brush their teeth. Um, So, so much so, these become conditioned habits, so much so that your day might feel slightly off if you don't do your usual conditioned ritual. So that background means that when we repeat phrases of kindness, as we just were doing this evening, or phrases of appreciation, like the silent repetition we did of variations of may I be well, may I be safe, may I be happy, may I live with ease, we're influencing our hearts and minds in that direction. Um, When we silently repeat phrases for the well-being of others, we're influencing our hearts and minds to truly want the best for other people. And the way that these uh, intentions behind these practices differ from wishful thinking or from having an agenda is that we don't say them in the spirit of insisting on certain results or in the spirit of controlling events. We put them forward more as an inclination, a way to set a positive direction for this mind. And these kinds of intentions work on their own schedule rather than our demands. Because if it worked on our demands, we would all all been liberated the first week we started meditation practice and be like, well, of course, I want to be free of suffering. Bam, it would have happened. Um, I'll give you an example of how how intentions can work and surprise us. So one friend that I've known for decades many years before either of us took up Buddhist practice. Um, Back when we lived in New York, um, 
city and we each had different partners than we have now. Um, we knew each other. And then we both happened to move to the Bay Area um, in, you know, a very close time frame of a couple of years. Um, the early years in California followed his breakup with his fiance. And after a time, he really wanted to find another partner to share his life with. And I vividly remember his setting the intention that he was going to find a partner. And there were other goals he was pursuing that he shared with me within about two years. And then I remember the lunch we had two years later when he was bemoaning and recounting with disappointment that, you know, he, he had really tried, but it hadn't worked at all. And he was giving up on it. Forget it. He wasn't going to find another relationship. But within the following year, um, we were at an art museum together. And I noticed we had looked at paintings together and then we had gone our separate ways to look at paintings. And I looked over and I noticed he was talking with a very tall striking woman and he's a very tall striking guy and I thought hmm the just his body language and the way his face looked I thought oh and then within months they were dating and within within a year or so I was attending their wedding so his intention of finding a new life partner had been fulfilled just not on the schedule that he set for himself and at the time, I didn't have a practice and neither did he, but it really stuck with me like, wow, look at that. Sometimes what you tell yourself is you want to have happen. It might take a lot longer than you think. Like, you know, I, I've said this before and I'll share it again. Many of us are on the lifetime plan with meditation practice and that's just fine. But um, what the intentions we set for ourselves matter. They move us in a direction. They just don't give us the timetable we want necessarily. Sometimes they do. So this means that the intentions we repeat frequently in our minds, including intentions of meta, intentions of compassion, intentions of appreciation, and intense intentions of equanimity, um, even if we don't recognize them specifically as intentions, they shape our lives. And these are wholesome intentions. Of course, we can also not recognize unwholesome in, uh, intentions and give in to them, like maybe craving for sense pleasures. If you get in the habit of indulging a particular sense pleasure every evening, like, you know, watching a TV show, having a glass of wine, sweets, whatever it is, pretty soon it's something you do all the time. Uh, but on the other hand, you may have noticed if you go without a habit like that for days and the days become weeks, and maybe you replace it with a wholesome habit, like instead of watching a TV show, you're all here practicing during happy hour. That's a good example of replacing maybe a, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a horrible thing, but uh, this is a lot better than watching television for, in terms of intentions and setting our lives in a positive direction. So a potential reflection question for this evening would be, what's a helpful intention that you'd like to cultivate to replace a less helpful behavior. Um, or you could just talk about helpful intentions you've had and, and how they've gone. So we'll split into groups, breakout groups of about three or four people each. And as always, the intention is to um, share one thing at a time and let the circle go around multiple times 
uh, sharing so that you each have a chance to say something and then be inspired by what other people are saying, that everyone's voice gets into the room. Uh, a couple other helpful things are to speak only from your own experience, not comment on anybody else's share, nor um, offer advice. Just speak wholeheartedly from your, your own heart, your own mind, and listen very uh, kindly to what others have to say. And then when we come back, we'll have a little time for sharing, but we don't share other people's um, stuff with their name or identifying characteristics. So um, enjoy the 10 minutes. Is this a new breakout room? Uh, thanks very much, Holly. We now have about three minutes for folks to share um, a reflection or an inspiration. I'm so sorry. I was ready to roll and totally forgot to unmute and show my video. <laughs> no. Anything that came up for you this evening? Just, a, you know, a reflection or an inspiration. I can go. Great, thanks. Sure, thank you. Yeah, we were sharing, uh, it was just the two of us, and then uh, both of us were sharing about the habit of rushing. I mean, it's just like uh, very much ingrained, this sense of time, rushing, I have not nowhere to go, but still rush, you know, during the day. So uh, even on meditation, like to the next second, to the next breath, you know, when is that coming? When is the bell coming? Or just the next? I mean, it's just like so deeply ingrained. I I, I don't think I'm alone. I, I know I'm not. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a great example of an intention we unconsciously set, right? We we just continue to reinforce this habit of hurrying from one thing to another. And then it shows up in our meditation. So, yeah. Thank you for that. That's a great example. Yeah, thank you. One more. Yeah, Jerry, please go ahead. Thank you. And uh, um, thanks to the small group. Uh, and I agree with Ali's comment. It's very, very well, um, many of us get it. But uh, but I guess the, what I was saying is, is that, you know, when someone else is very upset, even if you're trying to respond and not react, it is an energy that um, makes it harder to settle. And so um, part of my, I was just on a call earlier with someone getting caught between changing planes and worrying about whether they make the flight. And yeah, I suppose many of us have had that and it's anxiety provoking, but even just on the recipient end of the call, it's hard not to kind of race along. So it's, uh, it was actually good to come here to the group tonight because I 
focused on this person and wished them well. They did get on the plane, but as Shakespeare said, all's well that ends well. But it was not at the moment. It was hard not to react, and I was mm. holding back. So mm-hmm. That's a really good example. We have to set pretty strong intentions sometimes to overcome a well-studied phenomenon called emotional contagion. They say that if you put people in a room together within 15 minutes, they'll tend to regulate, to match the person who's the most emotionally expressive in the room. So um, I hope you continue to have a good time with intentions. I mean, sometimes it's a good time to discover, oh, my gosh, I almost got caught by that other person's mood, but I can return to Meta, goodwill towards them. That's fantastic. So if you'd like to unmute and say goodnight to one another, please do that. And we'll see each other next week. Take care. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you.